Half of the mysterious term was a tribute to his cool and gentlemanlike manners. The other half denoted in the argo of the Brotherhood, the leader, the planner, the one who by power and prestige of his address and position secured the information upon which they based their plans and desperate enterprises. Of this elect circle, the other members were Skitsy Morgan and Gum Decker, expert boxmen, and Leopold Pretzfelder, a jeweller downtown who manipulated the sparklers and other ornaments collected by the working trio. All good and loyal men, as loose-tongued as Memnon and as fickle as the North Star. That night's work had not been considered by the firm to have yielded more than a moderate repail for their pains. An old-style, two-storey side-bolt safe in the dingy office of a very wealthy, old-style dry-goods firm on a Saturday night should have excreted more than twenty-five hundred dollars. But that was all they found, and they had divided it, the three of them, into equal shares upon the spot as was their custom. Ten or twelve thousand was what they had expected, but one of the proprietors had proved to be just a trifle too old style. Just after dark, he had carried home in a shirt box most of the funds on hand. Dr. James proceeded up 24th Street, which was, to all appearance, depopulated. Even the theatrical folk, who affected this district as a place of residence, were long since abed. The drizzle had accumulated upon the street. Puddles of it among the stones received the fire of the arc lights and returned it shattered into a myriad liquid spangles. A captious wind, shower-soaked and chilling, coughed from the laryngeal flues between the houses. As the practitioner's foot struck even with the corner of a tall brick residence of more pretension than its fellows, the front door popped open, and a bawling negress clattered down the steps to the pavement. Some medley of words came from her mouth, addressed like as not to herself, the recourse of her race when alone and beset by evil. She looked to be one of that old vassal class of the South, voluble, familiar, loyal, irrepressible. Her person pictured it, fat, neat, aproned, kerchiefed. This sudden apparition, spewed from the silent house, reached the bottom of the steps as Dr. James came opposite. Her brain transferred its energies from sound to sight. She ceased her clamour and fixed her pop-eyes upon the case the doctor carried. Bless the Lord, was the benison the sight drew from her. Is you a doctor, sir? Yes, I am a physician, said Dr. James, pausing. Then for God's sake, come and see Mr. Chandler, sir. He done had a fit or something. He lying just like he was dead. Miss Amy sent me to get a doctor. Lord knows where old Cindy has scared one up from, if you, sir, hadn't come along. If old Mars knowed one ten-hundredth part of these doings, there'd be shooting going on, sir. Pistol shooting, eleven feet marked off on the ground, and everybody a duelling. And that poor lamb, Miss Amy. Lead the way, said Dr. James, setting his foot upon the step. If you want me as a doctor, as an auditor, I'm not open to engagements. The negress preceded him into the house and up a flight of thickly carpeted stairs. Twice they came to dimly lighted branching hallways. At the second one, the now panting conductress turned down a hall, stopping at a door and opening it. I done brought the doctor, Miss Amy. Dr. James entered the room and bowed slightly to a young lady standing by the side of a bed. He set his medicine case upon a chair, removed his overcoat, throwing it over the case in the back of the chair, and advanced with quiet self-possession to the bedside. 
There lay a man, sprawling as he had fallen. A man dressed richly in the prevailing mode, with only his shoes removed, lying relaxed and as still as the dead. There emanated from Dr. James an aura of calm force and reserve strength that was as manner in the desert to the weak and desolate among his patrons. Always had women especially been attracted by something in his sick-room manner. It was not the indulgent suavity of the fashionable healer, but a manner of poise, of sureness, of ability to overcome fate, of deference and protection and devotion. There was an exploring magnetism in his steadfast, luminous brown eyes, a latent authority in the impassive, even priestly tranquility of his smooth countenance that outwardly fitted him for the part of confidant and consoler. Sometimes at his first professional visit, women would tell him where they had...